everybody, and welcome to Scholars at Play, a podcast dedicated to the critical discussion of games and their place in society and the academy. My name is Derek Price, and I'm joined, as always, by Terrell Taylor. Hello. And Kyle Romero. Hello. And welcome to 2018. We did it! We did we it! We survived! And we're starting it off right. Later. It's New Year, clean slate, uh. and the first thing we're going to do is talk about 2017 yep. some more. Can't leave it behind. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to keep focusing on 2017, uh, and, and we're going to do that, fortunately, not all of 2017, but just the games of 2017, <laughs> and only the best ones. Although some stuff might seep in. You never yeah, know. You never know. You never know. Uh, but yeah, we're this is going to be our sort of games of the year uh, sort of wrap-up thing. It may be one episode. We may split it up into two or even three, depending on how long it goes. But we wanted to uh, sort of do some sort of 2017 game of the year podcast like a review yeah like a little review and like we're not like um you know we've we've talked about this before but we're not like a publication or a business or anything that gets paid to like cover all the new games that came out or uh you know review them or, or do anything like that so we obviously like coverage isn't a thing for us so we're doing something slightly different and so We've got our we, – we made – we each are still working on – I'm still working on mine – a sort of top five games for the year list. That's going to go up on scholarsofplay.net. Uh, we'll each have our own personal top five list that we'll put but on there. But, of course, by the time people listen to this in the future, it, it will it will out. It yeah. will have been you, out. The time travelers listening to this that are in the future. Exactly. This will have already been out. <laughs> right. You, so. will, you will have already read this yeah. by the time you're hearing our voices. And please tell us what happens. Exactly. In yeah. the future. Actually, please, please, God, tell us. Yeah. Are you still there? Hello? Did we, did we make it? Hello? What's that I hear in the background? <laughs> shuka, shuka, shuka. That's where you do the... <laughs> what's that? I hear the mu- future music. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, oh, future that is music really is terrible. Yeah, really grating. Yeah. I really hope the future does not sound like that. We have lots yeah. of instruments around the yeah, recording like studio, sort of, and yeah. so we've been just fiddling with them. We're exploring the space. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we've got our – that's going to be our sort of, like, ranked – if you want ranked stuff, that's what that's going to be. But today we have just sort of, like, a selection of categories, and we've each sort of thought about these categories and picked a game, or even two, or even three, I guess, in, in certain cases – that we think sort of like exemplifies that category. So, um, and this is a little different than probably you know something like Kotaku or IGN would do, which would be like you know best writing, best character, best something. We're kind of trying to take a little more, mm-hmm. not sure if academic, but a little like a different spin on it yeah, on the it's, games. It's, yeah. it's some of some of the categories I think are broader. Some of them are just sort of like more relevant to what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so like it's a mixture. You know, we have a we have a decent number of categories. It, it certainly is nothing like. All of, like for some of these things, like the reason I picked it for this category is because the music is the best, I think. And so we'll mention some of those categories mm-hmm. along the way. Anyway, so the categories we are going to be going through, I'm going to list those here at the top. We're going to be talking about uh, the first category is biggest impact. And so this is like the game that we think has had the biggest impact on games as a whole in 2017. So this is going to be sort of focused on, on just on games. Um, this isn't necessarily like our favorite game or the game we liked the most, but the one that we think that has done something very new or even just slightly new that's going to really like uh, that, that like future games are going to draw on or imitate or, or, or sort of um, iterate on. We're also going to be talking about the best moment in a game. Uh, this will be sort of like the best cutscene or sequence or like in-game moment from any game that came out in 2017 or that we played a lot in 2017. Um, so, like, the rest of it could be real trash, but, like, this moment could be really standout. So um, that's another category we'll be talking about. 
We'll also be talking about a category that I'm really excited uh, that I that I came up with the name for later was Greatest Escape, uh, <laughs> aka like the most comforting or relaxing game that we played. And this is like a game that we that we played in 2017 that we sort of took refuge in that we just chilled out with, just sort of let us escape 2017 for a little bit. Uh, I think that's uh, something worth talking about. We also have the most 2017 <laughs> game, uh, and this in this case 2017 is an adjective. Um, this is the this is the game that we think best spoke to or resonated with, like some sort of important social or political or economic, artistic, personal, etc. Uh, kind of moment in 2017. We are also going to be talking about, and you know, for those of you who want to hear a sort of debate about like, which game is best, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the game of the year. And uh, this one will be, you know, we're going to propose our own personal games, but we're also going to engage with each other's choices and try and sort of suss out what we feel like is the best game of 2017. And finally, two other categories, probably a little shorter. One is a game that we would recommend to each other. And, you know, obviously also to y'all, the listeners that we don't know you as well as we know each other, but uh, this is a game that we... I know you all very well. (laughs) Kyle knows you all very well. Although no one wants me to write them a haiku, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Still offer on the table. That offer is still, I feel like... Still on the table. I feel like I've... It's crazy I'm the only person who's taking that up. So, uh, yeah, a game we would recommend to each other. And then the final category is uh, best game we didn't play in 2017. This could be a game that came out last year that just, like, we didn't have time for that we saw a lot of interesting talk about or listen to on podcasts about or, you know, um, that we really want to get around to but just didn't have the time for. So those are our categories. Let and the fighting begin. Here we go. And so, oh. Oh, and oh, most importantly, <laughs> most, most importantly, importantly, in an example of, like, meta-ness, we're going to play a game about the games of the year that I've invented in a new segment called Crazy Kyle's Quiz Corner. <laughs> and all of those, I guess the crazy is harder to start with a Q. It's a but, Q they all start with Qs, yeah. Right. It could just be Kyle's Quiz Corner. Yeah, and those can all be Qs. <laughs> but like Kyle's Quiz Corner. Quile. So it's quad Q. Quad yeah, Q. Yeah, look at that. Perfect. Okay. So crazy crazy Kyle's, I can't even say it. <laughs> crazy Kyle's Quiz Corner. I quad ga- Q. I have a game uh, that we will play later in the episode. <laughs> and we're very excited. To and do. it's a contest between Derek and Terrell to see who is uh, not only like a better scholar and like game studies person what? but like a better human a better human <laughs> yeah. just like point like at the yeah. end we'll have a score yes. and, th- and whatever number is higher human ranking will be exactly and the loser dies <laughs> <laughs> worse the loser three is like... men enter two men leave <laughs> the loser has to be a ta for the rest of the day. <laughs> Woof. Woof. Whew, these are some real stakes guys all right highest, let's let's get let's get stakes. into it okay so our first category is biggest impact. Um, and I've written a little description for each of these categories. I sort of read through them before, but I want to read it again. Again, this is the game that we think had the biggest impact on games as a whole. So this is really less about politics, less about people, and more about like what trends sort of came up this year and where do we, th- what, like which most important things are going to influence games going forward. Um, Kyle, do you want to Let's- start us off with this one? Um, what do, what do you think is the what do you think is the biggest impact in gaming this year? I'll you want me, you want me to start it out if you would if All you right. don't mind. So I, I I went a little weird with this. I mean, okay. So obviously the clear answer is out of the park baseball twenty seventeen, right? Like <laughs> that's done. That's locked up. <laughs> <laughs> it changed. 
the meaning of game. Of gaming. It really did. And play. And it like did. knowledge, because I had, didn't know yeah. it existed. So. <laughs> it's like, how can you write or play in the after, wake. what is the name? <laughs> Out of the Park Baseball 2017. <laughs> Tied for Overwatch. Tied Truly, with Overwatch yeah. on Metacritic for, for critical what? rating. <laughs> Truly a game. <laughs> SAP's Game Changer. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that's obviously that. the answer. Um, okay, so I did something a little weird with Biggest Impact, which is where I made the first half of my argument trying to disprove Breath of the Wild as the game with the biggest impact. Okay. <laughs> and is... then I have my argument for the game that had the biggest impact. This is good. This is, this is, this is uh, why I should have probably gone last. This, but... is, this is what we call narrow casting, but I'm <laughs> here for it because I'm the oh, audience. Okay. I, got, I got a curveball on this one, too. <laughs> good. Okay, so I, I have no curveball. I have a straight straight. I ball. have I heard, and I don't want to, I think Breath of the Wild is clearly an amazing game. It might show up later in my categories, potentially. I don't want to give anything away. But mm-hmm. um, I've heard a lot of people say that Breath of the Wild uh, is, is the game with the biggest impact of the year. I've, I looked up a couple, like, listicles online and, like, consistently ranked number one or two. Um, for game that made the biggest impact. And the arguments I kept hearing were, one, uh, it rejuvenated the Zelda franchise, right? Which, clear. Uh, two, it, like, had just a totally new way of playing, a new type of playability based on the technology of the Switch, right? And three, that it, like, breathed new life into the uh, open-world sandbox genre. Nice. Um, is something I've heard. And so I'm going to go point by point and argue why I don't think that's true. Okay. So <laughs> I, I don't I think it's impossible to disagree that it did rejuvenate the Zelda franchise. It's totally true. Okay. I will, I will believe that. But I don't think rejuvenating a franchise is grounds for saying it had the biggest impact Agreed. of the entire year. I, right? think, I think we're actually, I agree as well. Yeah. So Skyward Sword came out 2011. So that's six years ago. So maybe this could say rejuvenating the Zelda franchise could be like the biggest impact of like the decade in terms of like Nintendo maybe or something, right. but not as, as a games industry. Yeah. I don't think it had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, the new technology and accessibility to Switch also I don't think unique to Zelda, and I think prob and I think it was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I played a bunch of hours like on like in my not, not in a car like on the bus like with the Switch. Right. right? Um, I don't drive and play the Switch. Um, don't do that, children. It's terrible. Listening. Yeah, um, you children I, with driver's licenses. <laughs> you know, kids. All the kids who listen to this podcast. Right. Um, and so I don't think that's particularly unique to Breath of the Wild. Skyrim's remake could easily as well done. Exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I think there's a lot of potential to the Switch. A lot of very clear and awesome potential that I'm sure a lot of the other systems are going to copy or iterate upon further. But that's more of a you know, a a system thing rather than a game thing. Right. And as for the open world sandbox genre, um, I looked up the top 10 best-selling games of 2017, which I will now list because I'm fascinated by this. Mm. It is uh, Call of Duty World War II, Destiny 2, NBA 2K18, Madden NFL 18, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Breath of the Wild, uh, GTA V, the remake, uh, FIFA 17, (laughs) which... Time out. Power. The remake... FIFA 18. GTA Five, the remake yeah, that, that came game, out. That game is still like topping charts. Yeah, um, and Injustice Two and Horizon Zero Dawn. Wait, Injustice Injustice Two? 
That was on the top. Yeah, there's a sequel. Oh, right, the, the fighting game. Oh, yeah. right, 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 okay. And Horizon Zero Dawn. And also, a lot of lists have included uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, because they come out to November, but it's mm-hmm. been selling like hotcakes since so, November. So, like, they, they yeah, extrapolate it's that such it a weird might... thing about this, and then I almost the, the considered year. arguing yeah. that, like, we should include late 2016 games in this, yeah. but, like... Right. And like, a year is a weird way to judge, like, yeah. the calendar year is totally a weird arbitrary. way to judge games, yeah. especially with, like, Christmas and... Being... Anyway, right. mm-hmm. so those are the top ten best-selling games. And so let's... If we throw out the sports games, right... Um, what we're left with is all but one of these games are sequels. All, uh, everything but Horizon Zero Dawn is a sequel or True. an iteration on a franchise. True. Um, and almost all the games that aren't shooters are open-world sandbox games, right? Ghost Recon, which is a shooter, open-world sandbox game. GTA V, open-world right. sandbox game. Horizon Zero Dawn, open-world sandbox game. Um, you could even throw in, like, this, the port for Skyrim to the Switch, which sold really well. True. For, like, right. So I don't really think you can rejuvenate... <laughs> A type of game that is one dominating top ten selling right, list right, right. and dominating like games of the year, right? Skyrim, mm-hmm. Fallout Four, clear games of the year, open world sandbox setting. So that's I, I could see an argument for why Breath of the Wild is had the biggest impact of the year, and but those are my arguments for why it's not. Okay, that is one half of my statement. Okay, and we're at <laughs> I don't know how many minutes. Okay, <laughs> biggest impact game of 2017, Battlefield Two. Battlefield Two. Oh. Star Wars. Wait, what's it called? Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, Battlefield Two. Okay. Battlefront. Battlefront. <clears throat> Star- wow. Take it again. Do it clean. Yeah. My pick for game of the year: Star Wars Battlefront nope. Two. It's not game of the year. It's biggest impact. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> take three. Okay. Take three. My pick for biggest impact of 2017: Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh. I I had this. I actually thought about doing. This. <laughs> okay. This I is think my curveball. I know ball. where you're going. This is my curveball. Yeah. So, I, I like this. I like this. I think if you want to look at the gaming community and the gaming development community. Um, you can look at it uh, and biggest impact. You can look at it in the one way, which is what will people copy, or in the other way, which is what are pe- are gaming uh, game developers going to distance theirself themselves from, right? And so Battlefield Two, Battlefront Two, <laughs> uh, Battlefront Two uh, dropped, right? This was like highly anticipated, a sequel to the original Battlefront. It's a goddamn um, Star Wars. Game, yeah, it's a Star know? Wars game, yeah. right? Like Star Wars will always make infinite money. Forever because of us, right? Like we're we will buy it. <laughs> yes. Um, but the creators of Battlefront Dice, um, they decided to structure the game around microtransactions, right? As opposed to microtransactions and those kind of play elements or you know economic elements being uh, a side part. The game was like literally structured around that, and so you could either pay to win or like play a long amount of time to equal spending ninety nine cents. Um, and so after people kind of realized this and DICE made clear that this was going to be a part of the game, uh, sales precipitously dropped, online play cut down to like a quarter of what it was or something like that, which is where, you know, they make all their money. And there was a huge organized reaction to their ham-fisted attempt to format the game around microtransactions. Uh, this scared Activision so much that they changed Destiny's, Destiny 2's uh, game like format to have less microtransactions, uh-huh. right? Destiny 2, one of the, I think it was third on the top highest selling game of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up there. Um, and so it seems to me like if the trend of gaming for the past maybe five years has been going more and more towards microtransactions as fundamental to gameplay as opposed to just like aesthetics, although, you know, you could argue that those are, you know, in the same uh, wheelhouse, uh, I would say that the reaction to Battlefield 2, Battlefront 2, offers a poignant counterexample of the power of consumers to dictate game development mm-hmm. uh, rather than game development dictating uh, consumptive practices. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I think if because I think I was listening to 
podcast beyond the IGN's uh, PlayStation podcast talking about this. There was somebody who literally calculated how many hours it would take for them to organically or, you know, without having to use microtransactions to unlock some of the hero characters. Yep. And it was something like absolutely absurd, like 8,000 hours in order yeah. to do it, whereas you could pay X amount of much money yeah, for it. Like $25 right. or something. Right. And yeah. the, the big edge that gave you in competitive play was just yeah. absurd. It, it became fundamental to gameplay to have to pay extra money. Right. And I think this has been an uneasy like balance for the yeah. past mm-hmm. five or six years. And as you know, DLC has increased, as mm-hmm. uh, microtransactions and like pay platforms have increased, it's become a really uneasy balance of like, well, we want more money, right? And like we we are going to produce more content, and so that does mm-hmm. deserve money, maybe. But how mm-hmm. do you balance that with like competitiveness, fairness, right. balance? Yeah, and yeah. I think it's been real tense. And I think this offers Battlefront Two um, offers just an interesting take on like. What can happen when people organize and say that no, this is not okay? Yeah, right? like we're not okay with this anymore. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I basically almost did this exact same thing where I was like, okay, which game had a bunch of like which game had the most shit surrounding loot boxes? Yeah. And like, uh, so there was like, um, oh, what's the Shadow of Mordor? Shadow of War. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shadow of War had this to a large extent. There was like towards the end game, it was just like. You can grind forever, yeah. or you can just spend some money and get the you know legendary orcs or whatever, and then finally see the quote unquote real ending. And then of course the Battlefront Two, Star Wars Battlefront Two, um, the you know the you know paying to be Darth Vader basically yeah. um, is locked behind a basically a paywall. A paywall. Yeah. Um, I two two thoughts about your what you've said. One, I'm less optimistic than what you've <laughs> pointed at. Yeah. <laughs> um. um I'm not convinced. First of all, like I just don't know, and I don't. I don't know if anyone does know. Uh, I, my my sense is that people don't know how much money they made, make, will make from this. I'm skeptical that um, that that they actually did take a hit financially, where it matters hmm. for the stockholders. So I just don't know, and I am until I see until I like act, if I were to do the actual research and like say okay. What sales figures have they released? You know, what are they saying at their quarterly reports and that kind of stuff? Yeah. What can we suss out from that? Did this actually hit them? And like, this is you know, I, I, people for for a couple of years have been saying like the free to play sort of mobile the 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 genre of deve- the kind of development that was happening on mobile for the longest time that's been extremely profitable of like pay for more hearts or crystals or yeah. lives or whatever. Um, is now moving into these really big games. And I'm just not sure that it's actually going to hurt them financially enough to yeah. stop them. The like other the thing, money it'll make even despite resistance right. or backlash. Despite, despite like a, a vocal online community or vocal like game journalists or like YouTubers saying, this shit sucks, we hate it. I don't know if that's enough of the game buying public. How, what a percentage of the game buying public that actually represents. Um the other thing is like the organizing that happens in these consumer-based movements. I am also skeptical of because um, I don't know. Like there is a really this this I feel like loot boxes present one of the best opportunities for like leading people to critique the economic systems in which we live. And I feel like a lot of these consumer organization movements stop just short of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I don't I don't know how much. I think it, it's it's sort of like an opportunity to like push further, but I don't know if they take themselves to that. 
that sort of like let's think about how we can make game development sustainable instead of thinking about how much like a loot box costs like yeah. how much it costs me as a consumer yeah Terrell <laughs> biggest impact 2017 so tell us what it is I also have a curveball all right and that I did not choose a game oh cool I chose a system okay what's and that I obviously chose the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I've finally gotten a chance to sort of sit with it and um, try and integrate it to some of the stuff that I do. The big thing, I guess, that I've been trying to do lately and some of the purchases that I made over the holidays was to basically have it replace the uh, <laughs> um, the 3DS in terms of what I use the 3DS for. Sure, like, sure. The 3DS is just, like, for me, a system that I pick up with and I just kind of – yeah, while I'm watching TV or, you know, listening to a podcast, just like, all right, you know, let's play some trading card game. And I was like, you know, there are RPGs that I could probably play in the um, on the Switch that would cover that. And so one of the things I started playing was Disgaea 5, which was a game that came out for the PS4 some time ago and is now available on the Switch in sort of a complete version with all the sort of extra stuff. And that game's kind of like over the top as far as an RPG is concerned. But the ability to sort of play that while I'm doing other things, and then the option that's always there, which is to slide into the console and play it overall, is just really great. I mean, you know, and some of the trips that I've made between coming home or going elsewhere, just the ability to sort of pop that out. And there's just moments where I've been wish, really wish that I could just sit and play some of the other games that are in my backlog in that same mm. way, right? Like, you know, something else is going on in the background. It's like, let me do a little something in uh, X game or Y game. It's just that sort of capacity. And so many people have talked about, like, if the PS4 can somehow figure out how to do that or the Xbox can figure out how to do that, then that opens so many different doors. And it yeah. sort of breaks down that difference, but that's always sort of been there between the NES and the Game Boy or um, the Game Gear and the Genesis. And you know, that that kind of sort of feedback and the fact that you know, it's one of the same is something I'm hoping catches on. So basically, I, I introed to yours. You yeah. very much did. <laughs> we didn't plan this. We, I, I, we don't know what the other we, people's yeah, choices we are. Yeah. We actually didn't go we through them. We actually don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that uh, like a lot of the discourse about Zelda is mixed up with that, too. Very it's just true. like, I love Zelda. I can just take it wherever. And like yeah. that's about the Switch. That's not necessarily yeah. about the game. Obviously, they were thinking about that when they made Zelda. But well, And it's also it's useful that the fact that, that if you had a Switch, Zelda was basically what you had for a while. That was yeah. it, yeah. Yep. You could like... Arms, one two switch or Zelda. Yeah, like mm -hmm. Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart. Right. That came in like a couple months later. I think. Yeah, like, that's true. That's, that's true. pretty much yeah, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. All right, D Rock. Okay, I I didn't I, I I thought about doing yours, yeah. Kyle. I didn't How think about. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing half of yours. I thought I did not think about thinking about the Switch, although I I totally agree with that. Um, I just picked two games that I just think... What, uh, what a joke. What a joke. On this <laughs> you don't even have, like, a counterexample? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a dummy. Yeah. Um, so, my argument... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remake the argument for Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> even though I so thoroughly trashed it. And you... And, and I actually, like, I see a lot that's true about your argument for yeah, Breath I'm of the really Wild. Yeah, smart. Um, that's why we love you, Kyle, because you're just your big-ass brain. You love it. Um, <laughs> bad boys pod, bad pod boys, bo pod bad boys. Ooh, we need a do 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 pod bad boy, like something like that. <laughs> yeah, just like a little blue, not major key, but minor. Key. Yeah, minor um, dissidents. I think that so I have two for these: Breath of the Wild and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Boo. And here's why 
this is weird because the category is biggest impact. And what I think both of them do is they do a lot of small things that end up producing a kind of experience that I just loved and I think a lot of people really loved. Um, I think Breath of the Wild has its problems. Uh, I think, you know, people have talked about the weapon degradation is kind of bad. And, like, um, I, I personally, I actually don't – like, I love the little moments that you find when you go around the world and, like, you have a little scene with Zelda and, like, some of the other characters. I don't love meeting the four characters' ghosts so much. I don't find that story quite as compelling. And, and um, and you know, so, so there are and, – and, like – I don't know if I also love the dungeons that much. I think a lot of people hated the dungeons more yeah. than I did. I think they were pretty good, but you know they were they're yeah. very different. Or they're not dungeons in the classical Zelda mold. It's like right? a big puzzle, yes. really, and and, and like very little fighting. Yeah, and and also like it's the same puzzle for yeah. most of them. Yeah. It's like it's actually like kind of the same puzzle yeah. four times with slight variations. But um, and actually, I feel like Cool Ghost just kind of said it best, and I, I haven't come up with anything better than what he said it's just like zelda gave me a sense of wonder and excitement and like exploration that i just haven't had in an open world game before yeah. and i i think I, I was also playing near automata this this uh over december which you will not hear in any other category <laughs> and i will be writing about that later <laughs> near but, slam yeah <laughs> um i i think i don't actually too much like open world games, like mm. open world RPG games. I, I think I actually don't really like them that much. And Zelda just totally sucked me in. And and it, you know, there's a bunch of little things. I, I think I think it's just a really well-designed, well-tested game, such that even if other games try to imitate parts of yeah. it, it's gonna be the totality of the parts of Zelda that are really the thing that set it apart. Well, so, like, I'm, I'm gonna hold the, the this. T- yeah, I'm gonna hold you to this though. Yeah. Like, how is that a biggest impact? Um. Uh. So I think I think the impact is not in its tiny little innovations, but in the experience that it reinjects into open the world open world game. games. Okay. So like, uh, maybe maybe it's just my personal like. I haven't played. I didn't play Horizon Zero Dawn. I haven't really. I played some of GTA Five this year actually, but um. Maybe I just haven't, like, maybe this happens more often in open world yeah. games than I'm aware of, but just, like, the 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 excitement, that exploration, that wonder, that sense of wonder is more than any of the small problems that people, that I or other people have had with it. Yeah. Um, so that's why, for me, the effect is a, a big impact. And people will, and it's <clears throat> things like the game uses, like, re, like simplicity, like, certain kinds of, simple logics like fire and water and air like air blows you up and water puts out fire and fire burns things that can burn that's true and i don't think it really explains totally why that game is so powerful yeah and it's also built out of things like it's on the switch i can take it with me um that's another important part of it so so even though i effectively disproved all your points you're gonna it's my my ex, the experience that I had with it. I think a lot yes. of people have with it is is beyond those points, it's I beyond agree. those gripes, and I that think. will be emulated and imitated, and and probably missed yeah. often. But like people will be like, it it will become a gold standard. I think. Yeah, I think there's something subtle uh, in what you're talking about with Breath of the Wild that um, challenges the idea of gameplay in a lot of ways, and in part. I think that there's something maybe aesthetic going on there, which is a yeah. lazy way of saying, eh. <laughs> I don't know what it's a lazy way of saying. It's a lazy way. Of, I mean, it's like 
the gameplay narrative thing maybe doesn't serve us well. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just yeah. think that the thing that's happening there, man, I'm going to stop think, talking because I've blogged about this. There's something, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, when I think of open world games, I don't think this is on a spectrum as such, but I think it could be useful to think of, like, something like Breath of the Wild as a counter to something like GTA V, right? Where, like, the open world sandbox, na- sandbox nature of, like, GTA V or, like, Just Cause or, like, those kind of, like, gritty, realistic games, maybe, like, a Far Cry even, like, is more about, like, possibility. Like, look at all the things there are to do, and, like, I, I see a thing, and I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to kill that person, like, fight a bear, and, you know, go to the streets and kill these people and, you know, get into a cab, like, all that stuff. Whereas Breath of the Wild is more about, like, wonder. I think that's the right yeah. word, as opposed to, like, the potential possibility. And I, I'd say similar to a game for me, like Assassin's Creed 2. Like, experiencing, you know, Medici Italy, right, is, like, I was in a state of wonder. You're just running around, and you're like, oh, my God, that's, like... Or for people who have been to the actual places that, like, you know, this was, you know, the game was based off, you can be like, that's a place I saw, and, like, look at it, like, or look at the Bastille in Assassin's Creed Unity before right. it was torn down, or look at, you know, the St. Saint, uh, Peter's Basilica in Rome, um, in Vatican City, uh, in Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood. Like, that's just kind of an amazing, wondrous thing. And I yeah. felt the same way in Breath of the Wild, where you're, like, climbing a mountain, and then you get up... You have to, like, really time your jumps and, like, all this stuff. And you finally get to the top of a mountain. You look down and you see this, like, vista, right? And you're like, what? Whoa. Yeah. But you're not like, i got to get to the top of that mountain so I can, like, fight this bear, right? right. It was or, like, I'm just experiencing yeah. the wonder. Yeah. And to tap in a little bit, like, what both Cool Ghosts and what Terrell have touched on is, like, the, the, the HUD elements are minimal. And you can also just, like, you can use the HUD and you can use the map. But you can also just climb to a tall thing and see a thing that you would like to go see and then go to it. And it's just like, um, I don't know, there's 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 a frictionlessness there. I felt like the game f- almost forced you to do the latter. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't, like, you you don't, you can use, there's waypoints, and you can use set sub, you know, choose a quest and follow that marker. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you don't have to do that. And, like, really the things that I really loved were those moments where I was just, like, running around in this field, and then I climbed that mountain because yeah. it's there, and then I saw... These floating towers, yeah, and you're like, of I'm land, get like, there. whoa, yeah. I want to go to that, yeah. Um, or even a moment for me, like where you're, there's like a giant, one of those crawly things, the Sentinel uh, Guardians, Guardians, the Guardians, yeah, and they're like impossible to kill at the start of the game, mm-hmm. and it's like in your way to get to the top of Death Mountain, and I, I was like, what? I can't kill it. Like, what do I do? You know? <laughs> and I, you can just climb around it, and I was right. like, oh, oh, and I like just... I don't think I was meant because it was like very janky the way I climbed around it, and I was like, yeah. oh, I just like. I'm not sure that was, like, what the designers wanted me to do. Maybe they wanted me to... And I think there was, like, another path you could take or something, and I didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> like, this really is, like, a game that they're not... You know, I'm, I have a goal, a destination, but they're not telling me, like, okay, you got to go along this Here's path how. to get there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, apparently the whole game can be beaten in a ridiculously short amount of time. Right, well, yeah. yeah. You can just run right into the castle Straight to and the start castle. fighting, yeah. Right. Um, so now that we've all given reasons for so, why Yeah, so that the impact there for me is, the reason it wins impact for me is it re-injects wonder and yeah. a sense of exploration it and might excitement. It tilt those open world games more towards like the wonder yeah, towards like, essence, you know. It, than the, towards away from stats and away from yeah. numbers and back to the moment to moment of moving around the world. Yeah. And like... Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. And then PUBG, I don't know, maybe we don't even need to talk about <laughs> PUBG here yet, but like I think PUBG also in its own janky, broken way, like produces uh these moments of tension and excitement and adrenaline in in shooters that I have just not felt in a shooter in the longest it's time. It's almost 
I feel like it's almost the opposite. I mean, you know, I had very limited experience with sure, PUBG. Sure, sure, sure. But my most exciting moment was a moment I did not win. Yeah, right, <laughs> I, sure. I ran to the house and I saw someone else run into the house and I was like, oh, I don't know, not really controlling well, don't know if I want to run to this house. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, he's out. And I was like, okay, I gotta wait for him to like disappear. He's already found me and I'm like, I had him behind this fence. He's like, oh, I think he, I think he thinks I'm gone. And he's like, no, he's switching around. I was like, okay, so now I gotta like keep this house between <laughs> me and him for as long as possible. Exactly. And it's just like, I don't know what other game that would have ever been a possibility in. Mm. Exactly. Like, and, and like, like you said, it's not even about all the moments you won. I've won maybe like five times across all the modes. Like, in 200 hours, I've only won maybe five or six times, which is like crazy. But and and like maybe the and I know the first 40 hours, I kind of hated it because uh, I was like, How you did tell us work? like after every game, you were like, I'm done playing PUBG. Yeah, like, I definitely. There I were put like, in 20 hours and I'm done. And, and then mm-hmm. I was like, How's your week going? Like, well, I'm like 32 hours in, but like I'm done. <laughs> like I'm pretty done with it. I definitely like up until like maybe 60 or 80, I really had like a super love hate with it. <laughs> I know it's nuts, dude. It sounds so weird coming out of my mouth. But I really and like I and then I got past a point where I was like, I just need to like be okay with failure. And I feel like I feel it like, like the, made you a better person. I do feel like it made me more patient in, in my game playing. Like maybe not in real life, but like I I yeah, I, I just like Derek, oh. I have a game for you. It's called Dark Souls 3. <laughs> yeah, I, I re- actually really wanna get into Dark Souls in twenty eighteen. That's one of my year goals. I'm sitting on the podcast. Now I have to do Now it. everyone will keep you honest. Yeah, yeah, seriously. All the pod listeners. It reminds me of, you know, Kyle, you mentioned your friend who, you know, buys little microtransactions in FIFA. Oh, yeah, It's like, yeah. he has a problem. Derek, <laughs> Derek also got his problem. <laughs> no, right? But, like, I desiring be, failure. I want to be clear that, like, I had to uninstall PUBG a week ago so yeah. that I could play other games for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a classic Derek Scholars at Play pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> Scholars at Play pro tip. Pro, 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 pro tip uninstall a game to force himself to not play it. Similar to like keeping the code for Battle.net yeah. in another room yeah. so that yeah, you don't play Hearthstone. That. Yeah, wow. that's yeah. I wish I I wish I had to like hide my code to not be able to play <laughs> not play Battle.net. Oh shit. Wow. Peter took care of that for me. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. R.I.P. Um so it might to come back around to like why is it in biggest impact yeah. and not just best game? The impact is that this will change there's already tons of people trying to do a battle royale mode, but the people are going to be again trying to produce an experience like like with Breath of the Wild, where they're trying to produce this tension, this like I don't know what's around me or where is safe and where's not, and eventually you learn like okay, these 90 degrees are probably pretty safe because I was just there, <laughs> but like you're never totally safe, and and there's just a tension that comes from that from that style of game where. You drop in a random place, and the circles push you closer and closer together. Yeah. Um, I think that is already and will continue to uh, change what what a lot of shooting games look like. And you know, that's a small, not such a small subset of games, but yeah, I think it'll change a lot. So, shall we move to our next category? All right, let's move on. Okay, so our next category is best moment. Best moment in a game. This is. I mean, there's not really much to say about this category, but this is just like, um, you know, uh, this is some sort of like cutscene or a sequence or an in-game moment or some sort of memory you have from a game that um, that you just thought was really amazing, and the rest of the game could be total garbage and trash, but this real this one moment, this one experience you had was really great. Terrell, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I can. Please do. Um, the game in question for me is Destiny Two, mm. and the moment in it is. Uh, after the sort of opening sequence, for those that played the um, 
beta. Yeah. Um, there was the um, kind of first moment where you play and you start shooting across. And I remember playing that beta and thinking, wow, the shooting is much tighter. And I even went back to Destiny 1 and noticed that. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's better. And it's, you know, an improvement on this thing that's always kind of law and order of gaming, just good enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I remember talking with the <laughs> Dwayne down at the GameStop on West End. <laughs> Shout out to Shout Dino out. Dwayne. Dwayne. Um, and this was before I even managed to play the beta. And he said this line to me. You are not brave. You have merely forgotten the fear of death. Allow me to reacquaint you. And I didn't understand until it happened. Like, and I Dwayne saw it murder in the me? beta. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. And then playing the game and then landing and just that sort of, oh, man. And it's funny because, you know, and Derek, I think you and I have talked about this with uh, Helen Shin, a professor here at Vanderbilt, about those moments where games don't really enforce their mechanics, but are so good with the texture and the flavor of a thing that it sort of pushes you in the mechanic. And I just remember landing on Earth and thinking, wow, I'm like really weak. And seeing the um, cabal like running around and doing things, it's like, okay, I need to make sure they do not see me. And you're helpless. You're completely helpless, yeah. Absolutely helpless. I think you've got like a quarter of your health and it does not regenerate whatsoever. And then what ends up happening is the ghost kind of comes back and it sort of moves in, and then eventually it says this thing. And I remember writing about this in um, my independent study on video games last semester. Um, I think the direct line is, I can heal you, but I can't resurrect you. And something about the weight of that, the music, and then the sort of scene that then kind of takes place later on Earth where you kind of find you know, some guardians basically just got obliterated by the cabal because they could not resurrect and they didn't have any of their powers. You don't have any of your powers. So the juxtaposition of having to, you know, this epic kind of space battle where you're taking on the cabal and if you play Destiny 1, you know who they are, you're doing this, 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 and the other, to like, oh, I got nothing. And I think maybe your your, uh, melee isn't as weak as it seems, but the very fact that it's like this slow and you even have this grunt like, it's just like, wow, I don't think that's going to kill anything. Yeah. Yeah. And you find this like weak pea shooter of a gun, and there's these functional ankle biters that just swarm you. Yeah. And you feel helpless. Mm-hmm. And the music is just, it's, um, for those of you who want to get like, you know, into the soundtrack, like, and search it up on YouTube, Destiny 2, the song is called Journey. So slow, so incredibly moving. And yeah. that just did it for me. Yeah. Right? It was, it, both in terms of just the aesthetic quality of everything that was images and music and the literal m- mechanics as a metaphor, as extra credits would say. I just was yeah. like, yeah. man. It's powerful. I agree. Cool. Kyle, what do you got? What's your best moment All in right. gaming? Ham, <clears throat> ham. Um, I have two. Um, I don't know. I Whatever. They're two. <laughs> um, That's uh, fine. The first one is uh, from Horizon Zero Dawn. Which is the first time I killed a Thunderjaw, okay. uh, which uh, are the giant like like Stegosaurus looking like mm-hmm. monsters, you uh-huh. know, like literally like five stories tall, right? Like enormous. Oh wow! Um, I'd say that right, probably like yeah. fifty or sixty feet tall. They're like huge, you know, in comparison to you, like stupid huge. Um, yeah, and so the way that I did it in the game, it was like uh, I took a quest where you had to like kill a Thunderjaw and. Later, I found out there was another quest that I could have done earlier where, like, the Thunderjaw is, like, weakened. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this is the first time you're supposed to kill one, but I just killed, like, a legit one first. And it was really hard. It took me, like, eight Brag. tries. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, but it was just this mo is this moment in a game where normally when I play games that have lots of like potions and traps and rope things, I always I'm always just like just give me like a freaking gun yeah. or like a bow and I'll just do it or like a sword and it's fine. But yeah, like I, I looked, you see this freaking giant monster kind of wandering around like, you know, like a half mile away and I'm like, "All right, what do I got? I got like a rope caster, I have my like my trip caster, I have my bombs and like I just set up like a killing zone ground with like ropes I like bring the thing in I had like a plan and tactics and it was one of the first times and I failed a bunch I should point out right uh, it was one of the first times in a long time that I've been playing a game where like I was like I one need to use all the mechanics available to me to mm -hmm. defeat something and two that led to like an immensely satisfying result which is I killed this thing you get like a bunch of rewards it's enormous it like you know like has a cinematic where like it collapses wow. and like, falls and like dust comes up and you're like yes so, yeah, I would say that is one. Um, and I have a second one, which is very different, um, maybe a little similar, which is from Breath of the Wild, similar to what Derek was saying, which is the first time that I figured out how to, like, survive in a cold place mm. in Breath of the Wild, which is, uh, I'm sure everyone probably had the same thing. I think we even talked about it in an earlier podcast, yeah, which struggled. is there's, like, a third shrine, or there's, like, three shrines you have to get to right in the opening plateau. And one, which is the one that I went to third, so last, is, like, cold. And if you stay there in the cold, you just take damage constantly. And I was like, okay, I probably need to like buy some like warm pants or something. And I'm like running around, running around, I can't find anything. And then I find out if you hold like a flaming stick, right, you can um, get through the cold. And I was like, I'm not gonna Google this. Like there's probably an answer and I won't do it. I am like nine again playing this game. <laughs> I need to figure it out. Right. Um, and so that moment when like I take out the warm stick, which actually like the, the better solution is to make a, a stew with chili peppers. I right. did not know that. Right. Um, and I like had a fire stick, ran for like 200 feet, built a fire on the ground, like stood by it, lit another fire stick, like ran 200 feet and finally got to the shrine with like a quarter of a heart, you know, and I like press the thing and get in the shrine. It's warm. And I was like, I made it. It was just the same moment to me as in uh, Ocarina of Time, like when you light the, in the, you're in the Deku tree and you light the the spider webs on fire. Or oh, something, you know, nice. and it's like, yeah, yeah. You, I, I was like, oh my God, this is like how it's supposed to work, right? So <laughs> two kind of moments in games where like I felt like you had to, it, it felt to me like I was like manipulating the tools given to me meaningfully. Like, you know, of course, that's the intent in Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn. They give you these tools for a reason. But it really felt to me like a time where I was like, I've been given things. How am I going to use them to achieve like a goal, right? And the one goal is killing a giant dinosaur robot, and the other is getting, you know, like a quarter mile to a shrine. But in this case, both were uniquely great moments to me in a game. Yeah, that's cool. I actually really want to play Horizon Zero Dawn now. It's really good, man. I didn't realize the the, the dinos that I saw were like, 20 feet tall, maybe. You mean the, thund the Thunder Jaw is the biggest enemy okay. in the game. Got it. By far, yeah. That sounds really cool. Well, I guess the, yeah, the biggest one you can fight. Okay. Yeah. In the core game. Yes. There's bigger stuff in the DLC. I think so. Okay. okay. Wild. Well, um, mine is my best, one of my best gaming moments of 2017, probably my favorite, was the first time that I got a chicken dinner, <laughs> a.k.a. first place, <laughs> in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um this is really kind of more about uh, playing with someone than it was. So I was playing. There are three different modes. You can play solo, duo, or squads. Um, and duos is like two people. Obviously, squads is four. Uh, I was playing duos, and you can obviously match with your friends you know already, or you can just get randomly matched with someone. And I uh, there's there's been a, I'm writing a piece right now about like region lock and playing with Chinese players in America. Like there's tons and tons of 
Chinese players on American servers for like technological reasons that have to do with how the game runs things on the client side and like how the client communicates with the server and like how the lag can sometimes be beneficial for you as a player. And like that's all been like well-trodden ground and like people have done great videos explaining exactly why that's the case. And that's cool. And like that's I, I accept that they are correct in what they're saying. Um, but the call for region lock to keep Chinese players off the server has like way more going on there than just like, oh, we want the technology to be right. And I'll, I'm, I like this I'm literally talking through my piece right now. I don't want to go through all of it, but I uh, I was playing it was like November, I think. I was just playing duos with random people. And I got matched with this guy um, who, uh, you know, I was saying I had my mic on. I was like, hello. He's like, hello. And like, you know, we, I, I realized he's probably like not a native English speaker, but we sort of, his English is actually pretty good. He like can hold a conversation. And, um, you know, he's, uh, we, we drop and he's like immediately kind of just takes charge. He's like, okay, we go to police station and we go on top of the roof and we hide. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so like we go and like in this game, you can play all sorts of ways. You can drop in a city with a lot of people and like be really aggressive and get into fights really quick. And this guy was really like sneaky. Like we would just loot a bunch and then hide somewhere. And this is like the first game we played together. So we spend the first like maybe 15 minutes, which is like early to mid game, just kind of like looting a big building and then hiding on top of it and not shooting at anyone and just like waiting for people to leave. And uh, so we're, we get a car, we're driving across the map to where the new circle is. We hide in a new place. Uh, people drive past us. We don't do anything. He's like, no, 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 just stay quiet. Be quiet. Stay, stay, stay down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the, like, it's getting to some of the smaller circles, and we're getting to, like, the 20-minute mark, which is, like, maybe getting in closer to the end game. It's maybe, like, 30, 25, 20 people left. Uh, so we, I mark a spot on the map, and I drive us up to this car, uh, up to this house where there's two guys outside and they're actually just looting corpses of someone. Apparently they just killed. I roll up and I run over one of the guys. My teammate jumps out and kills the other guy right away. I was like, hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> so he's like, uh, he's like, okay, go, 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 go inside. So I'm like looting really quick and I go inside. And then over the next like three or four minutes, cause we were like right on the edge of the circle, three more teams came to us. And like every time a team would roll up, we would like have the upper position and we'd like shoot them and they wouldn't see where we were and then we would loot them and then go right back inside. And it was just like, it got crazy because like we didn't have enough time to reload or heal and a new team would roll up and I would like, there would be grenades flying everywhere and my teammates like, go, 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 go around, go around. I am coming. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and like we managed to like fend off all of those teams and like he was he was getting more kills than me, but I was still like, I was it wasn't like he was carrying me entirely, right? <laughs> so... After like this madness, we uh, we we like ditch the car because like once it's really small circles, you don't really want to drive because you're too loud. Uh, and we 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 sort of we sort of run like crouch run through this swamp, and we go into this little hut, and we're just hiding in there. And we just like heal, we're just healing and overhealing ourselves with like uh, boost boosting items. And we hear fighting outside, and my friends like. Uh, my friend, I mean, at this, you know, yeah, we, you're friends. You're friends <laughs> my friend, we became friends after this, but uh, he's like, be very quiet. I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 and so we're just like crouched in the hut, sort of like looking back and forth, looking like peeking through the windows at the top. And then it gets down to six people. And we see 
a team. There's like a there's like a hill that we have to go towards for the new, next circle, and we see a, a guy come up over the little hill. It's a very short hill. Comes down on our side, lays down, and starts healing. <laughs> and and at this point, my friend is like, "Oh, I don't know. What should we do?" And I was like. Let's go. Let's go. So I, we leave it, and we shoot that guy, and then we move up to that hill, and his partner comes around the top of the hill, and my my uh, my, my partner shoots him, and then it's just 2v2. And I'm, like, so nervous. I'm like, holy shit, is this the one? Because like, this is what happens every single PvG game. You're like, I'll probably die in the first 10 minutes. I'll probably die really soon. And then it's, like, t- top 10, top 5, and you're like, Oh my god, maybe this is the one. <laughs> maybe this is the one. I want that chicken. Taste that chicken. I'm getting that chicken. And so I'm on top of the hill, peeking over, and I see one of the guys, and he's pushing up the hill towards me. I shoot at him, and I sort of have a fall back and like start healing. And my team is like, no, 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 no heal, no heal. And I like, okay, okay. And I pop up and I start shooting, and I actually shoot the guy in front of me, but I'm like really low on health. My room, uh, my roommate. God. <laughs> you're you're now living together. We're at now this point. we're my partner, my life oh, partner. Man, this is a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Derek and the chicken dinner. Yeah, <laughs> he flanks all around the hill. I pop up at the top of the hill. The guy at the bottom of the hill sees me, starts to shoot, and my teammate kills him, and we win. And it was just like I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And my other and the guy is like, yes, yes, yes. We did it. We did it. I was like. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. And wow. it was like so amazing. And I was so hype. Uh, and then <laughs> and then like 20 minutes, like uh, an hour later, we got another chicken dinner together. Oh. And then like. <laughs> that was climactic. <laughs> after, after, the, after, the, after the match, you can like friend someone through the game, not necessarily through Steam. And we played together for a little while longer. But then uh, I lost his name and he lost mine. And we haven't really played up again together. Yeah. But oh, like. Man. At least you still live together. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> my my roommate. Yeah. Um, it was wow. one of the most exciting, most fun experiences I've had online with another person, and I don't even know that guy. Yeah. We don't even like he spoke pretty good English. Like actually, and the other thing I uh, you'll have to see the piece for this, but like we talked throughout the match, like during all those hiding parts, he's like telling me about his life, and like we're talking about stuff, and you know, uh, it was it was just a really. Um, it was not only dope to get a chicken dinner, but it was cool to get to know this stranger on 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 PUBG. This whole thing you just explained is something that is like so unique to our time. You know, like it is even ten years ago trying to explain this, let alone like fifty years ago explaining right. what you just did. You're right. like, yeah, and I'll probably never talk to this person again. Right, you exactly. Know? Like right. you shared a moment with. We did, right? and it was an intense one, and like it was so cool, and like that's it. That's the extent of our relationship, and uh, and it was cool. I don't know. I just I love that moment. There's a recent episode of uh, Fave This Cool Podcast. We get, we had to like have some list of podcasts. That yeah, we should. Shout yeah, out. yeah. The pod, um, pod pod list. Pod pod list. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they were talking about someone who had an experience. I think this was like a you know email who you know was playing on Xbox Live and they ran into someone. There was like a bunch of people who would play all together and like there was one was like 20, one was like 30, and there was this 10 year old on there. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, playing in the middle of the day on like a school day. They're like, shouldn't you be in school? And they were like, nah. He basically says like, yeah, I've got terminal cancer. And my mom Whoa. says that because I'm probably not going to make it for another year. I should probably spend my time with my family and doing what I love best. And they just really got to know each other through wow. Gears of War until one day he didn't sign on again. And it's just like, wow. Y'all, y'all. Terrell. Like saddest, I hate to. Saddest I, moments this of 2018. Is, this is heavy podcast. Yeah. I, I just, but also, I get like I, I see what you mean. But yeah. it's just wild that that's kind of 
digital this, space. This is a reality now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like you can encounter people and having tense moments. Yeah. And like I so I had like I know people played like wow, like wow was this for a lot of people? Like yeah. People have made random online friends for a while, sure. but there's something about like I, I think maybe like five, six, even even just five, six, seven years ago, online interaction in games wasn't so moderated or like restricted. And I don't mean that as like oh it was better back then because yeah. it was definitely worse yeah. in a lot of <laughs> oh, ways. Oh for sure, yeah. But because PUBG is this janky thing that like yeah you, we have voice comms yeah uh, here this will work. And like there's like you know Hearthstone is like the opposite end of this where it's like you can say six things and actually we changed one of those because people were using it in an insulting way. Really? Uh, yeah, it was like um, well played or or one of them got changed like the threat. I, I can't remember which one it was, but <laughs> um, there's just this like yes there are comms and you can just say whatever you want to each other. Uh, you know I, I I remember playing in high school like I used to play Team Fortress Two with a, a bunch of guys that. I just, like, eventually just ha- hung out on their server and, like, got to be friends with them online. Uh, and I just haven't had that experience in years yeah. in a game. And, and like, the fact that it coincided with uh, the, a chicken di- my first chicken dinner, first first place finish is, uh, you know, no small coincidence. But that was one of my favorite uh, moments in a video game this year, yeah. this past year. So. All right. Cool. Well. What about a little game? Yeah. Kyle. Kyle's Quiz Corner. Kyle's Kyle's Quiz Corner. Kyle's Quiz Corner. Living it up. Okay. What do you have for Kyle? Quad Q. Quad Q. Crazy, Kyle. That's what we did? Crazy? Yeah. Okay. So. To add. So we're going to play a little game based around. This is the game of the year game. The Love game, it. game of the year, game. Gotti Game. Gotti G. The Gotti G. So I'm going to explain the rules of the game. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is I've picked eight games that are have commonly been listed as like top ten games of the year, you know, or like you know, are were important games that came out this year. Games that you all know. Got uh, it. Th- these two guys with me, maybe probably all you people listening as well. Yeah. Uh, and what we're going to do is um, I'm going to. Say facts about a game, and uh, one at a time, and these guys have to compete against each other to guess what that game is. Um, the facts will get more specific as I go on. Mm. And here's an important thing: uh, if you guess correctly, you get one point. If you guess incorrectly, you lose a point. And we're Ooh. actually going to keep score of the points this time, as opposed to last time. So I got it right here. Wonderful. Okay, D versus T. Yep. Um, that's Derek and Terrell for people listening. <laughs> uh, I mean, feel free to keep your own scoreboards at home. Of course, of course to check right? our math. Yeah, and so uh, this is, uh, oh, Derek again... Derek has 20 points already. Wow, if, <laughs> if anyone is a fan of uh, Crooked Media Podcast uh, Network, um, this is a game that I stole from Love It or Leave It. Excellent show that everyone should listen to. All the Crooked Media, Pod Save America, Pod Save the World, Majority 54... You should listen to all those. They're great. They're about politics. Um, but uh, they played this game with people who have been kicked out of Trump's cabinet in 2017 <laughs> based on, like, random facts. Which is, like, or not list. even his cabinet, like, his, like, circle. His you know? government. So, yeah. Like, Omarosa and yeah, John okay. Spicer and, you know, everyone, uh, Ryan's previous. So, basically, this is, like, that, but fun and about video games. Love it. <laughs> Love fun so and video games. zero risk of being sad at the end. Yep. Yeah, okay. Unless you lose. <laughs> so... Let the game Let the begin. Are we all ready? 
I'm so ready. remember, the first person to answer correctly gets the point. So so are you going to like read a fact and then we like shout it out quickly? Or... I'm going to read a fact, pause. And, and let then, us think and, and then decide and if, if we want to answer. Yeah, I'll okay. read a fact like every few seconds. Probably... One, one, one suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you um, – like I, I'd love to like let you read all the facts eventually. So like maybe in the first reading – I could guess, but then like Terrell's not sure, so he wants to lock it in after the second fact. And if I'm wrong, then he gets the fa- gets it after. No, the you fact. can guess as many times as you want. Oh, okay, per cool, round. cool, cool. You, just you'll cool, lose cool, a point cool. every time. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha. why it has to be. I like it. Point. Okay, okay. You already thought that it's wonderful. Yes, and I will continue reading. If we don't get through all the facts, I have some funny ones in there, so we'll, we'll read them. All Good. right. Is everyone ready? I am ready. Let's do it. It has robots. Oh God. You're a jerk. That is a jerk. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> All right, we need more than that. It has a female lead. Horizon Zero Dawn. Motherfucker. Incorrect. Ah! <laughs> I was going to say. Um, minus one point to Troll. God. <laughs> so so this been, is. Should have been slower. <laughs> so let's just put a minus one. Um, it could be near Automata. I'm going to say near Automata. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> You got to think. You got to think about these things. Okay. The rest of the clues were, it also has aliens? True. (laughs) True. Oh, that's good. It has mechs, and the robots are sexy robots. Yeah, they are are kind of horny. That's that's the, those are the rest of the clues. All right. Uh, One point to Derek, minus one point to Terrell. Everyone's having a great time. (laughs) Everyone's really enjoying this. All right. We ready? Let's go. Let's go. A first-person shooter. Okay, I need yeah, more. Trash Part- ass. <laughs> He's, it's setting you us up. You can't just give it away in the first one. Sliding us in. Part of a series that was first released in 1981. Oh. Presents an alternative history. Oh. Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein. <laughs> so does he get that and oh, I don't? Yeah, Terrell gets the point. Okay, cool. The final clue was Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. <laughs> yes. Terrell gets Dude, that's the point. One. You're back in the game. I'm back at zero. Yeah, <laughs> but Derek only has one. All right. <clears throat> From the same studio that made the unfinished Swan. Oh, I should know this. Um... Focuses on a cursed family. What remains of Edith Finch? Correct. Boom. Time out. What? Unfinished one. They yeah. actually they made that. Yeah. Dang it! I didn't realize it came out in 2017. Yep. I double checked because of the Metacritic kerfuffle we had oh, last yeah. year. I triple checked that What Remains of Edith Finch came out, and it was like April or March. Yeah, because because yeah, the Bogos thing came out. And yeah. Was, we were uh, the final that. clue was a lot of people responded to this game like, "What is this? A book? Where are the guns?" <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's Rough. my clue. All and right. also very good. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> uh, four. Clue number four. Mm-hmm. It has robots. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) It is exclusive for one system. Horizon Zero Dawn. Incorrect. No, it's Breath of the Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Minus one. And it's Breath of the Wild, isn't it? It's Breath of the Wild. Yeah, boy. I was going to have to do a lot of editing for this one, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, the rest of the clues were open world game. Uh, you get it because all of them could have been HCD or Breath of the Wild. And we've all played this game. Oh, that's still tricky. That was, oh, yeah. That you guys got to wait for all the clues. This is up. all I'm saying. All right. Ahem. 
Are we ready for number four? You ready for number four or five? Five. Oh. Why do I have only? Oh, because, right, because there's, yeah. You ready, Terrell? <laughs> Terrell <laughs> seems dead by this game. All right. We got it. We got this. He's fine. It's going to be good. Part of a series. Okay. Male protagonist. Series dates back to 1985. Oh, this is tricky. Released exclusively for one platform. Is final clue. Sentient headwear. Super Mario Odyssey. Correct. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, oh my God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cappy. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. See you okay. got it, Terrell. All right. Okay. I was thinking. I was like zero. stuck on. Actually, no. Back at negative one. <laughs> no, you're back at. You're back at zero. Those counting at home, you can just email in the scores. That yeah, would yeah. be great for us. You're back at zero. All right. I was thinking Yakuza. I was like stuck on like oh male protagonist. Okay. All right. I'm like 99% sure this game is not about robots. Okay. <laughs> uh, was, or- <laughs> was originally supposed to be released in 2014. Ooh. Okay. Developed by Atlas Studios. Contains an area called the Metaverse. Persona 5. Correct. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. 2014, really? It was supposed to be released in 2014. Wow. It was not. That's a that's a hell of a delay. I did not know. The, what is the Metaverse? Is it like the, the it's, place where they become their personas? It's a place that exists in between spaces, yeah. but also is where you can access the kind of subconscious It's like the dark places. Places. what I thought. I need to play other. I need it's, to play that it, game. If you play it, it becomes immediately clear. It's cool. difficult to describe without That's fair. spoiling That's fair. Okay, wrote, cool. I, I wrote, that. the metaverse is a good name for academia as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all out here talking about the death of the metaverse. All right. <laughs> um, Are we ready? I'm ready. It has robots. I like this. I like robots. You're trash. <laughs> Good year for robots. Actually. Lance Reddick voices a character. Horizon Zero. Yeah, oh, correct. Finally. Damn, okay. I was like, Gosh. You, you'll always get me with people. <laughs> I'll never remember that. Uh, the next, I also never you, you can that. kill robots with a freaking bow and arrow. That's just Oh, that would have. Well, I guess, but that could also be Breath yeah, of the Wild. Yeah, it could have been Breath of the Wild. True. And the final clue is, it's just about a girl who wants to meet her mom. Yeah, that's good. That's All right. good. Final question. This is for all the marbles. So it's uh it is tied up. Oh, is it oh, no, really? No, it's not tied up. It's uh it's two to three though. All right, the last question is Hang worth on. ninety points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tied up. Anyways, are we ready? But if I guess wrong and you guess right, stop it. This game probably almost definitely doesn't have robots. Published by Blue Hole. P U B G. <laughs> I'm going to take that one. Correct. I'm going to have that one. Uh, one member of this trio is seriously addicted to this game. <laughs> I would say I just really like it. All right. Final scores. Okay. Final scores. Uh, I two was, to four. It's two to four. Tight game. 
Tyke, but the last one was worth 90 points. So Yeah, actually. Not very <laughs> 90, 93, 93 to, to 2. two. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the PVG one was worth way more points. I, was just, I, I love I, it. I tried to do them randomly. I yeah. gave, because like, you've never, I guess you have played PUBG. PUBG was like a, a, a givey to Derek, and Persona yeah. 5 was a givey to you. Yeah. And I wanted to space them out properly. Smart. It's good. So that was Kyle's crazy quiz corner. Awesome. Thanks for playing, guys. Thanks for thanks for hosting. That was fun. Hey everyone, Derek here. Um, thanks for listening to the first part of our Games of the Year 2017 podcasts. Make sure to check back for the next part where we'll talk about um, the greatest escape or our most comforting game. Uh, the most 2017 game. Um, we'll also talk about the game of the year and a game we would recommend to each other. And finally, the best game we didn't play. Uh, I want to thank Visager for the use of his freely available song, The Plateau at Night, which you can hear playing behind my voice right now. I uh, also want to thank the Curb Center, uh, Haystack, and of course all of you listeners for listening to us and supporting us in, in various ways throughout 2017. We're really looking forward to 2018. So, um, You'll hear back from us very soon. Take care.